Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Hey, everyone. Al D here. Today, I'm excited because I have the pleasure of having a special episode alongside Rodrigo Malta and Tina Mabley. Rodrigo is the Managing Director, MBA Marketing, Recruiting, and Missions at the Texas McComb School of Business, and Tina is the Assistant Dean and Program Director of the Full-Time MBA Program at the McComb School of Business. In this episode, I get to talk to Diego and Tina about what's new at Texas McCombs with the MBA application and what they look for in prospective candidates, as well as digging into why Austin, as well as why McCombs could be a great fit for a prospective applicant. We really dig into the ins and outs of the McCombs MBA program experience and get to learn from two people who intimately know McCombs about what makes it a special place to get an MBA. Hope you enjoy the conversation. So I'd like to start first with Rodrigo. So Rodrigo, thank you so much for joining me today. I always start with a warm-up question, and my warm-up question for you is really quickly, tell us who you are, a little bit about your role, and then your favorite local restaurant in Austin or your watering hole, or tell us what you're visiting in Austin these days. Awesome. Thanks, Al. Really excited to be here. So again, Rodrigo Malta, do I go by Digo as well? D-I-G-O. I'm originally from Brazil, and we love nicknames. So you can call me Rodrigo or Digo, whichever one you like better. So I immigrated to the U.S. back when I was in high school, became naturalized in 2008. So I actually had the Digo Goes Gringo party. Tina was actually, Tina Mabley, who is the other guest on this podcast, was actually there in my naturalization ceremony. So it was a really special day for me. I have lived here in Austin since 2005. I'm married to my husband, Dave. We have two dogs, though we might have three soon. We'll see. And professionally, I started my career as an internal auditor, went to the MBA program here at Texas McCombs, and then worked at Dell, which is here in town, in marketing before joining the MBA admissions team. And I oversee marketing, recruiting, and admissions for all of our five MBA programs at Texas McCombs. So it's about 520 students incoming each year. And I love, love, love food. I am a terrible cook, but I love eating. So whenever you ask me, you know, favorite restaurants, I couldn't pick just one. So I'm picking two. My first one is the one that we go to celebrate a kind of special occasions. It's called Uchiko. It's a Japanese restaurant close to my house. It's where Dave and I went to celebrate our home purchase. It's also where I take my family whenever they visit from Brazil, and it's just delicious food, amazing atmosphere, great drinks. But I couldn't talk about restaurants and food in Austin without mentioning tacos. And my favorite taco spot is Veracruz All Natural, and anything you get in their menu is amazing. I love that, and I love those recommendations. I'm going to have to check those out next time I'm in town. Tina, how about yourself? Tell us who you are, your role, and your favorite restaurant or local establishment in Austin. Absolutely. My name is Tina Mabley. I'm the assistant dean and director for the full-time MBA program. And I've been here for quite a while. I've had several different roles within the, the school. I actually hired Rodrigo as a to head up our McCombs Ambassador Committee when he was a student. 
So I got to admit him and then work with him when he was a student as I used to head up admissions. And then we hired him back into the program and now he's running the shop. And I think when you're in admissions, you're necessarily looking at what's coming down the pike. You're out there looking at the market, seeing what's coming. You're sort of getting involved in strategic conversations. And so that took me into this role running the program, which has been an exciting place to be. I had done alumni relations, then admissions. And so I tell the students I went from the back door to the front door and now I'm in the house. And I get to see the two years of transformation of the students, which is great. My favorite Austin establishment, I'd have to go with, I think, Antonelli's Cheese Shop. And if you haven't heard about them, they're a local small cheese shop with amazing cheese. They distinguish themselves by letting you taste anything you want when you go in and and select your cheese. And the thing that I think is really incredible about them is that they did one of the best pandemic pivots that I saw in a small business. It's owned by a couple local to our neighborhood, and they really put everything they had into not letting any staff go and not having any of their cheese suppliers go out of business. And so they developed an online business. They did a cheese tasting. They did something like 17,000 cheese classes to 17,000 people, and they would send cheese or people would pick it up in the back of their car with distance and masking and it was really pretty incredible. And um, they ended up with a Super Bowl ad out of all of it. And there's still one shop run by the couple and all of their amazing cheese folks. But now they have this great business and it's always fun to support them and tasty. Thank you for that, Tina. And another great recommendation that I'll have to add to the list. Okay. So Rodrigo, I want to start with you. And we're talking about right now for particularly from your vantage point, We're coming up on another MBA admissions application season, which is super exciting. And as managing director for MBA admissions at McCombs, what are you excited about right now for this upcoming application season? Awesome. So to quote Willie Nelson, who is an Austin icon, I'm just super excited that we're going to be on the road again. So our team is back to traveling and meeting prospective students all over the world. And we have recently just had a really productive July where we visited 19 different cities, had 29 events in less than 30 days, and are just getting started. We have a lot more events this fall. So just meeting prospective students and applicants again face-to-face is really exciting for me and for our team. And this fall, we're equally as excited, if not more excited, to roll out the red carpet for all of our on-campus visitors. So we have daily campus visit opportunities, two to three times a week for you to come visit Rolling Hall, which is our new MBA building. And that includes tours and chats. But I'm really, really excited about six immersive campus visit opportunities that are called Discover Macombs that we're going to have this fall. For every one of these Discover Macombs events, we have an info session, we have a student panel, we have a building tour, but we also align those immersive campus visit opportunities with some amazing events. So there is one where we're offering prospective students the opportunity to go and attend our Women's in Leadership Symposium that's hosted by our GWEB, which is the Graduate women in business student organization. We even have one of those Discover Macombs events that we aligned with a tailgate for a football game. But we have a variety of optional networking events with different student organizations. But all in all, we're just really excited to complement all of our virtual events with 
amazing in-person opportunities to meet our prospective students and MBA applicants. One other thing I did want to ask you about is that every now and then schools choose to make updates to their MBA application in terms of what they ask for out of applicants who want to apply. Could you share a little bit with us about what's new and updated for the McCombs MBA application? Yeah, so I'm really excited to share some information here with your listeners. So each cycle, the full-time MBA admissions team works together with Tina's team and our career management team in reviewing the MBA application requirements and just making sure that our admissions process is as equitable and as fair as possible. In this upcoming cycle, we have four major changes to our application requirements that we're really excited to launch. So the first one that I wanted to share with your listeners, the first biggest change is around testing. So in order to provide MBA candidates with more flexibility, we're really excited to share that MBA applicants have more options than ever before when considering completing the standardized test requirement in their application. So all applicants can submit the GMAT, GRE, or the executive assessment, but we also have an option for candidates to waive the testing requirement if they have an expired test score that they can send us proof of the test that they submitted. And then also the opportunity for them to submit a general test waiver that they submit before the application. They submit that petition. We evaluate it and let the applicant know if they are able to waive the test or not. So that's number one. Uh, We're really excited to roll that out this year. The second one is around essays. So we want to really streamline the application process and we've reduced the number of essays that are required from two to one. So our one essay this year, the essay prompt is picture yourself at graduation and describe how you spent your time as a Texas McCombs MBA student and to achieve your personal and professional goals. So really excited to streamline. And this is actually the second essay question that we had last year that we brought it back. We really liked the insights that we're able to gain on YMBA and why Texas McCombs in that essay prompt. The two additional items that I'll share with our listeners are brand new to our process. So we're really excited to introduce the video assessment as a new application component for this upcoming application cycle. So all applicants to Texas McCombs will complete the video assessment. And what we want to do here is enable all MBA candidates applying to McCombs to be able to speak to the admissions committee directly in their own voice and share their story with us. So what the video assessment is, is a virtual and it's virtual and on demand. So all of our applicants will be able to complete it from anywhere in the world at any time in the day that is convenient to them. So the applicants will have an opportunity to really practice as many times as they wish before they complete the official video assessment. And applicants will be asked to use the video assessment tool to record responses to seven total questions. And each of the responses will last about three minutes each. So altogether, the video assessment experience will probably last about 30 minutes. But we really wanted to end the MBA application process for McCombs with a human connection. So we often talk about here at Texas McCombs that we're future-focused and human-centered. And it was really important to the team 
to provide applicants an opportunity to wrap up their application process by connecting directly with a member of the Macomb's Ambassador Committee. So we've introduced this admissions connection, which is not your traditional admissions interview. So with the admissions connection, all MBA applicants will have 15 minutes with a member of the Macomb's Ambassador Committee to ask questions about the program and the student experience, discuss information about their candidacy that may not have been addressed elsewhere, and also align on next steps in the application process. So this really gives the power to applicants to choose whoever they're going to be meeting with. So there's going to be a little profile on a calendar. So the student will pick who they're meeting with. And though there is no evaluative component to this session, the student host will be able to pass along any information that they feel valuable to the admissions committee. So it's a lot of changes. We're really excited to roll them out. And the goal here was to make our MBA application process as accessible as possible to all applicants. So all of our application components are now all available to all of our applicants. So we're hoping that all MBA applicants will really feel empowered to put their best foot forward and present their candidacy in their own voice to Texas Macombs. We have a ton of supporting blog posts on each of these new components, changes to old components, and we're going to be actually launching the application on August 1st. So really excited for that. That's a lot to unpack there and a lot of exciting changes. But I think ultimately what is interesting to me is that for anyone who's ever had to do any type of application or interview process, it can feel like a process where there are things that you have to do and just to work through them. But what to me this speaks to is it really is a chance on both sides to get to know each other and to ensure that there is a, a really good alignment between the applicant who is applying to a school and then in the school in terms of the ability to look at an applicant pool holistically and find the right folks that are there. So I definitely can see how some of these other more features in terms of the video assessment, as well as being able to, to connect with uh, someone through the admissions connection component could be super valuable. Diego, I want to throw a question on you that I'm sure that you get to ask thousands of applicants. And that question is, why Macombs? Why should an applicant choose Macombs? I love that question. And since my previous answer was a long one, I'm going to keep it short. So I think the combination of having amazing people, a robust, customizable curriculum in the city of Austin to top it all off is what makes our program special. We will probably be expanding on some of these different items through the podcast. So I just wanted to be really clear and concise that I think that's our secret sauce. I love it. Okay, Tina, I want to go over to you. And so you have the privilege of both being a proud Macombs alum, as well as being a leader now as the assistant dean and program director. And when you think about the MBA student experience, what to you stands out about the Macombs student experience? Absolutely. When I welcome students at the beginning of each year, one of the ways that I try to tell them about what's ahead is to use the analogy of a test kitchen. And I liken this experience to a test kitchen because there's so many different ingredients and spices and things that students can choose. And I really think no two student path through our journey through our two years is the same. And I think that's really cool. And Diego just talked about the application. I think for prospective students, the opportunity is to talk to students who are already in the program and figure out which ingredients you want to combine in yours and then chart your own path. I think 
that allows students to take advantage of different electives. We have so many electives because we have a huge undergraduate program. We have 200 faculty that we can choose from for our electives, which for our size program is really incredible. So that's just at the Macomb School. And then we have classes all over the university. We have experiences in Austin. We have all kinds of things that fellows programs and student leadership opportunities that students can elect to do. And I love how some students do their own self-analysis and they decide to focus on skills that are already strengths for them that they really want to hone. Some students think about, okay, what do I want to get better at? And so I'm going to put myself in a public speaking position because that's something I've always wanted to get better at. And so as students come in for two years of self-development and both professional and personal, it really creates a vibrant atmosphere and each student gets to work on that themselves with a lot of aids along the way and advice from faculty, staff, career advisors on what to add to that, their experience. I love the analogy you just gave or the metaphor of the test kitchen. I think that is apropos for the MBA experience and certainly to the point you made about the community and just being in Austin and all the different faculty and other different resources there, what better opportunity to get than to try things in a community of peers and other people who can you can learn with and learn through. I gave Digo the chance to talk a little bit about what's new and next in terms of the MBA application, but I'd love to ask you something similar in terms of the MBA student experience at McCombs and maybe the frame to kind of think about this through. So you and I have gotten to know each other over the past couple of years throughout COVID. And certainly during that time, you've had to make pivots and changes and tweaks and things along the way. And so I'm just curious as we go into this next year, what's new and exciting about the student experience and also maybe what stays the same? Yeah, absolutely. We think about this a lot. And I remember conversations that you and I had coming back into that first fall after the pandemic started and talking about constraints, breeding innovation. And I can say tenfold that that was the case. And while there were so many challenges, the fun part, if I can say that with hindsight, was figuring things out and being innovative and trying things we'd never tried before and using technologies we hadn't really harnessed before. That was such a growth opportunity for us, not only as a program, but as a college and as a university and for our whole community and society, I guess. So it was really fun to test that out. We were in a unique experience where we just built a building right before COVID and we had gotten in our 2020 class was going to be the first class to complete their entire experience in Rolling Hall, which is our building that we house the program in. Rolling Hall was designed to create spontaneous interaction and bring overlapping communities together. All these things that are incredible for innovation and business and collaboration, but not so good during a pandemic when you're not supposed to run into people and overlap all your communities. So the building did afford us an incredible opportunity to bring students in. We really kept classes going in the building because we had great technology. We had the opportunity to do hybrid classes. So we cut our core classes in half and said, you know, you had A-B schedules. So we did distancing and those things during the pandemic. And so that really helped us flex the educational environment and create a lot of different variables that we can now draw on to take advantage of. We really believe for the kind of program that we're putting together that that human experience, we really put people at the heart of everything that we do in the program. And that's something that has stayed the same. You ask what has stayed the same. We have a a group of students who really leave the place better than they found it and really involve themselves in the community that they're a part of. 
but now we have more variables that we can play with. If we want to do a workshop that's virtual, if we want to do advising that's virtual and meet students where they are, we can do that. Most of our classes are all back and in person, unless there's a pedagogical reason that there's an opportunity to connect with a classroom outside of Austin that we might do something virtual. So we've really tried to capitalize on the technology that we've taken advantage of. The other thing that was an unintentional benefit was we adopted Microsoft Teams a year before the pandemic hit, and we were able to create a really vibrant virtual community that now works for our students. Our study teams have a virtual environment that they can work on. So they it just gives students a more robust toolkit. And we consider it a responsibility that we have to help students think about how they're going to work on remote teams. So using those technologies while they're in school so they can know how to use them or optimize them when they get out in their future careers. To me, one of the things that I think a lot of MBA programs rightly so often talk about is the community piece. And I think what you just did is articulated really nicely some of how the community at McCombs really works in action. And I think that paints a really good picture of of just the, the value of it. And as on this notion of community and just people coming together, Rodrigo, I want to go back to you. And so I know that the size of McCombs, at least within programs within the top 25, 30, is on the smaller size. And listeners to this podcast will know I have a bias for programs that are of a smaller size because I went to a program at UNC Keaton Flagler, which is of a smaller size. And I personally had a really great experience with it, although I obviously know it's not for everyone. That said, what can you say about just how the class size and what it is really plays a role in fostering that community and how it can be beneficial to students while also still acknowledging that UT Austin as an institution is massive and has certain amounts of benefits there too. I would argue that our class size is the perfect class size, but I'm incredibly biased because I also went through the program here and had an amazing experience. But here's my argument. So with a class size of 220 to 260 students, you really got to know your class really, really well. You got to know your study group and then your cohort. And in your second semester, You get to really meet the rest of the class via the electives that you're taking. But this class size also allows us to provide our students with meaningful ways to connect with the classes before and after their own class. So as a first-year student coming in, you're going to interact with second-year students because they're going to be teaching assistants. They're going to be supporting our amazing student advising, a career advisory team with mentoring incoming students and helping shape the experience of that incoming student as they transition for work to school. And as a second year, it's going to be then that student's turn to give back and mentor first-year students and connect them in a meaningful way and really leave their mark in future MBA classes. So I think that that setup, that there is always someone that you're going to know really well that you can rely on, probably a large group of people that you know really well that you can rely on. But at the same time, there's always going to be somebody new that you're going to be looking to meet, have the availability to meet. And I think that connection between first and second year students is really important. In the background, but also very, very important, is the fact that we are at the University of Texas at Austin. So we have 50,000 students an alumni base that's over 500,000 strong. And it is one of the elite educational institutions in the U.S. and in the world. So there is an 
amazing quality of other graduate programs at UT Austin that our students can access. And we provide our students with the ability to take classes outside of Macomb's, meet other graduate students, and really enhance their experience at the end of the day. And I'll give you just a couple quick examples. We have several concentrations for full-time MBA students, One of our strongest ones is our real estate finance concentration. So our MBA students pursuing that concentration will take some really great classes at Texas Macombs, but as part of that concentration plan, they will also be able to take classes at the School of Architecture, at the LBJ School of Public Policy, at the law school, and have a really well-rounded education in that subject area. And here at UT Austin, we're also very, very fortunate to have launched a new medical school over the past decade. And this really provided us with a great opportunity for us to build meaningful connections between medical students and our business students. So we're really proud that we have launched an MD, MBA program and between one quarter to one third of the Dell Med students are part of this dual degree program. So it's a great win-win for the university overall, for the medical students and the business students, because our MBA students are going to have the insight and knowledge of those medical students in the classroom. And the medical students are going to get a great in-depth knowledge in business subjects and have that network to build upon as well. So just a couple examples of how we can leverage the breadth of UT Austin in a really intimate program. Tina, I want to give you a chance to share your perspective too, because particularly through the lens of thinking about both the academic as well as just the student experience and just knowing the size of it, what benefits and value you see really for students in the MBA program? Yeah, absolutely. I think the size of our program It allows us to have a diverse class. So students are interested in a lot of different things, but everybody goes through a collective experience. In some larger programs, there's different pockets or different start dates, and they're good things to large programs as well. But for us, the reason it sort of hits the right tone is because we have a collective experience. We have four cohorts. Students get very close with their cohorts. The cohorts are competitive in fun ways. And we have a really bookended beginning experience and ending experience that really charts the journey. So as I said, that every path a student takes is different. So we have unique, those unique recipes that each student puts together. There is this collective experience that I think is so important when you're in an experience where you're growing and developing. And to be able to do that in a community that's there to support you is really, really meaningful. I think one of the things that strikes me just about the ability to have that close community at this size of your program, after talking with lots of MBA grads over the years, is that when you're at a program of that size and you do take on some kind of role, leadership role formally or informally, you can really see the impact of your work. And as an example, some of the folks I've featured on this podcast, many of whom you know, in terms of, I think of folks like Brad Vonick and Catherine Rowe and Lucero Perez, I can pinpoint things other people have told me that they have done that have made an influence in some kind of way. And I think that is one of the things that is pretty unique about going to a program of your size is that if you are someone who wants to take ownership of something to make an impact in a positive way, not that you can't feel it at other places, but you really do feel it when you are at a program of of this kind of size. One of the things we talk about a lot is our culture of leave the place better than you found it. And I tell students very often that so many things have changed since I was a student. 
in the MBA program. But one of the things that has stayed the same is the kind of student that we attract. And it's students that are involved in their community. They really leave the place better than they found it. They take initiative. And those are, frankly, things that we look for in the application process is, you know, is this someone who has taken a role in the community that they're in? Because we want people to be invested in this experience if they're here. And so it is great to see. I've been here now a long time and I can see the paces of things that students have left behind. The students you mentioned, so many of our programs, we actually have a great alumni gift that students can propose an idea and it can get funded by this Alumni Excellence Fund. And so many of our conferences or new initiatives that students have, there's this funding source that they can seek out, which is really cool because then the alumni are involved in it as well. What a great idea. So Rodrigo, I want to go back over to you for a second. I know we talked about the food scene in Austin, which I think is super, super important, but I also want to talk about just the value of physically being in Austin and attending an MBA program in Austin. Could you talk a little bit about just the tie between Macombs and physically being in Austin? Yeah. So I I feel like the secret is out about Austin as a great place to live, a great place to do business, and a great place to go to school. I often share the story with prospective students that when uh, we were going on the road to domestic and international events, admissions events, and I'll start my presentation and I'll do like a raise your hand if you've been to Austin. And 10 years ago, a couple hands would go up, even domestically. Now, when we have started to do these in-person events again, whenever we ask that question, pretty much all of the hands go up domestically. And then when we do the same thing in international cities, a few hands go up, but everybody has heard about Austin, either because we know have a, an amazing tax scene, we host a Formula One race, we have great conferences like South by Southwest or Austin City Limits, which is a great music festival, but everybody has heard about Austin. And I think that the vibrant business community that's here is one of the key differentiators for Wymacombs. So Austin is a talent magnet. So there is incredible momentum for the city and the state overall. There are amazing companies coming to Austin. So we have always had a strong tech scene here in Austin. So we have household names like Dell, organizations like Whole Foods, and a really, really, really vibrant startup scene. But now we have tech giants like Tesla and Oracle, which moved their headquarters here. Google, Apple are now seeing huge expansions in Austin. So Austin is really in a space that's really optimistic. There is great momentum. It's exciting to be here. It feels like whenever you're working and going to school here, you're at the ground level of the next great American city. And I think that is something that is really unique about Austin and our MBA program. A lot of good reasons to visit Austin, to be in Austin, to go to school in Austin. And I certainly also think, again, this is showing my bias, so calling out for what it is, but having gone to a school where the university plays such a central role and such being such tied to the location that it is, it certainly also draws, I think, the rest of the community outside of it in, and there's a ton of benefits to that as well. Tina, I want to go over to you. Anything from your perspective, having gone through an MBA program in Austin and now certainly having been involved in McCombs for your tenure there, anything else you'd like to add just about the student experience and just the value of living in such a great place? Sure. I moved to Austin in the 80s from Boston. I think you have a Boston background as well. Yes. 
And back then, Austin was a college town, believe it or not. And it has been so cool to see it go from a college town. Now it's a top 10 city in the United States. And yet it still has that relationship with its college, with the University of Texas that it did back then. And I think Austin is really a live laboratory for our students. And I don't know if there's another top 20 program. I think UNC is similar that has the relationship with its city that UT has with the city of Austin. The talent trade that we have back and forth with companies and organizations that are here. And they've really both grown up and matured together. And that has been really cool to watch and a benefit for our students. I think it really enhances the learning environment for our students. We have things like board fellows where our students sit on the board of nonprofits in Austin. I know many schools have stuff like that. We've placed two students per nonprofit and we have now, I think, 50 students who are in that program. And it's just great. And you sit elbow to elbow with incredible business leaders in Austin and they get a really rich experience. We also have venture fellows where students go sit in deals with venture capital companies and work for them for part of their experience. So really getting that experiential learning in ways that are so much deeper than we could do if we didn't have this city right at our front door. And we are literally seven blocks from downtown. And one of the things about building this building was we're right on the corner of campus. So we're very accessible with a parking garage right underneath. So our alums can come in, our speakers can come in. We've really tried to open the doors to communities to be accessible. One of my favorite things is when students come with, you know, I talked about that sort of test kitchen. They come with a new thing they've added to their experience that we haven't come up with. And I love that about this place is that it affords so many creative opportunities. We have Kendra Scott, who's one of the first women billionaires who started this jewelry and style business, who now has a whole institute here at the university. And so students can be part of her business trajectory with design students on campus. And so the city just affords us a great place to live and work. And then also many students at this age are coming with significant others, partners, families. And it's a really accessible city because a lot of people move here. It's very open, friendly. And so it's a nice place for families to be and really become a part of the community with us. I think those are all wonderful reasons. And one other one I wanted to latch onto because I was just thinking about it the other day. You talked a little bit about the talent trade in terms of students who can contribute in ways to companies and companies who can offer opportunities to students. But one example that sticks out in my mind are many of the food and beverage brands or startups that exist in as a uh, being in Austin and have come across many students over the past couple of years who are Macomb students who that is one thing that they've been able to plug into and get involved in with some of the local brands that are in the Austin area. So that was one that stuck out. Yeah, if they haven't started them themselves. That's another really good point. So Tina, I want to continue on asking some questions. And one one that I wanted to talk about was, I think Diego talked a little bit about it earlier, but it sounds like storytelling is something that is critical and important part that's threaded throughout Macombs in, in a lot of different ways. I would love to hear your perspective on that and perhaps maybe an example of either a student or an alum who really embodies that storytelling kind of mantra because it from the application itself to just the way that which you mentioned it, it seems like it's something that keeps coming up over and over again. Yeah. We love storytelling because we love to hear each student's unique story. I think when you talk to admissions professionals, we love that role reviewing applications because each application is a story, is a human. And and it's so fun to sort of discover things about people and 
our whole admissions team has an incredible interest in people and you're really putting together this class as an art. And so we bring storytelling in in a number of ways. One, at orientation, we actually do a storytelling exercise for students to meet each other. We call it What's Your Story? And students break into teams of 10 people that aren't in their study team, maybe in their cohort, and they each share a story of something you might not know about them if you didn't. And they pair and share, and then they share with a group of 10. And you just get to know 10 people in a way that you might not, and hoping to kind of spur on that opportunity as they get into the program to build those sort of unique connections with each other. And our consortium students have taken that and built a storytelling event into the program. So we'll get different groups of students, veterans one time, a variety of different sort of student themes that they'll do a storytelling evening. And it's all about really having people show up with their whole selves and sharing their individual stories that makes this such an exciting place to be and really hear about that. I think there's so many different student stories. I guess I'll pick a unique one. We have a lot of students interested in tech and consulting and marketing. So there's all kinds of stories there, but I'm going to pick a unique one, a woman named Monisa Murthy, who came to us. She was a pharmacist. And what I love about business school is that you get people with significant experience coming back to make some kind of significant pivot. And her story was she was embedded in a hospital pharmacist and she was seeing people die every day. She was having the experience of really understanding the importance of what she was doing. She ended up coming to a hospital system here in Austin and got frustrated with the decisions that were getting made above her head and people who didn't understand the impact on patients or what was happening. And so she was like, well, how can I understand those decisions better. And so she made kind of a radical career shift, thinking she was going to be a career pharmacist to come back and get her MBA. And through that, she knew she wanted to stay in the healthcare space. And we've continued to, we have a health innovation fellows program. And as Diga mentioned, now our Dell Med students, we have a really growing healthcare space for students. Marketing fellows had a speaker come in from HEB she did her internship with J&J &J in strategic marketing. And then HEB is a local fan favorite grocery store in Texas and well-known. It's like one of the top four grocery stores in the country, and it only operates in Texas, if it tells you the sort of fan base that it has here. And one of our alums came back and talked to the class and started to talk to her and hear about her experience. And they reached out to her and basically brought her two positions that hadn't existed before. And one was customer facing and one was more involved with wellness centers. And she chose the customer facing role. And she's now the director of health and wellness at HEB here in Texas for the, the chain. And really looking at how healthcare begins with food. The first layer is food. And so she's solving some of the big societal challenges in this really unique role that could only be put together with her unique path. I think that's a great example of a story and it that makes a ton of sense. And what a way for her to to weave in the the challenges that she was facing into a great and wonderful opportunity. Diego, I want to ask you a similar question, but I would love for you to maybe talk about it through the lens of as a prospective applicant, what makes a great story and how can you tell a story as an applicant in a way that resonates perhaps in an actual application? So any thoughts or any advice out there for folks who are potentially applying to McCombs? Yeah, so I, I think starting with 
authenticity first is really key. And we, as an admissions team, understand that there is a lot of pressure that comes along with entering an application process and selecting a business school and deciding to invest time and resources into a full-time MBA program. And oftentimes that pressure means that people really want to get in and they try to guess what the admissions committee is looking for. And for us, we are really looking to hear your story and the application updates that we have made hopefully will give you the tools to take the process in your own hands tell us who you are from an authentic point of view. And we at the admissions team and the broader Macombs community will share as much as you allow about why we think this is a great place to go to school. And hopefully those interests will intersect and you'll become a part of our community. But as you're putting together your application, remember that we, as an admissions team, we're looking to see who you are as a person. So bring your true selves to the application process, take some risks. We understand, we understand who you are from a professional perspective and your advancement professionally, but we want to know who you are personally as well. What takes up your time outside of work, because we are truly a very inclusive community. And for us, it's really important to know who you are as a person as you're applying to business school. I think that's a really great point. And I also would add to that, I often have found, at least from my own experience, that sometimes the beauty of what makes a class is the strengths that they use or the experiences they draw in that aren't always as visible or as apparent as just what they did in their previous job. And like as an example of this, when I was at UNC, I started a program, which sounds pretty similar to your own storytelling program. We called it Tar Heel Talks. And I partnered with a friend of mine who she was in improv. And so she knew all about storytelling. And so we partnered together to bring the storytelling program to life. And that wasn't necessarily something that was on her resume, but it was a strength and a skill that she had. And it really made an enriching value add to the community. And so I think it just really illustrates the point that Yes, make sure you answer all the questions right and you have the right resume and all the fun stuff. But there is opportunity to bring other elements of you into your story because it can add contribution and value to you, to the classmates, and to the community. Tina, I want to go back to you for a second. So one question I've been thinking about a lot is just within the context that the world of work has changed and continues to change, it's important for an MBA program, an MBA experience to move at the speed of the market. And I would just be curious to know from your perspective, Given how much change the workforce has had, how have you been thinking about that in terms of how you're empowering students to be prepared for that workplace they will join after the two years they spend in business school? Sure. That's a great question. And, you know, we sort of look at our curriculum. We talk about agile curriculum management because we really need to find ways to keep our curriculum moving. And we use all kinds of things at our disposal, experiential opportunities, workshops, shorter semester classes, like a one credit class, if we're trying to do something really topical. But we know there are new skills that students are needing as they approach the future of work, and those are consistently changing. I heard someone mention the other day, I believe it was Alicia Abate, that subject matter experts are now subject matter students. So one of the things that we have committed to as a university is really that lifelong learning opportunity that our students, the two years is just the beginning, and they can stay connected to us because we know that 
this is going to be a continuous cycle of learning and development. The other thing is that we understand leaders are going to have unprecedented challenges in front of them. So we have a course, Leading for Impact, that deals with leadership dilemmas that are without easy solutions. And the professor, Shafali Patil, who teaches that class, she just won a 40 under 40 award. And it's a great opportunity to look at the cognitive biases, personality traits and value systems, taking a political stance, multinationals and global cultures, and really thinking about who you're going to be as a leader. So we try to layer those two things on top of each other. You're getting the business fundamentals and then having time to reflect as a future leader, what are your values? How are you going to exercise those? How do you have difficult conversations? How can you practice those while you're in school? So making sure that our students are ready to kind of flex and continue to grow as leaders as they go out into their jobs. We also recognize that wellness and community are a big part of what they're going to have to manage. And so we try to manage that within the program and use opportunities to encourage students to have a growth mindset as they approach everything that they're doing in the program, figure out how to create balance for themselves. And then also the importance of community, especially post-COVID and how we come back together and how we foster and fortify our community. So those are sort of program things. On the educational side, we just continue to look at new courses that allow students to gain the skills that are really going to help them in the digital transformation, critical thinking. That's a really great point. Tina, one maybe other question I would love to ask you about is, as you think about what we just talked about in terms of how the workplace is changing and how you're keeping up, how has that also changed the courses that you offer to students? Yeah. So we do a couple of things. One, we work with faculty to create new courses that are timely and addressing current topics. We have creativity and leadership taught by an ex-CEO here in Austin. We take advantage of talent that's here. We have Kurt Goldsberry, who is the statistician for the Spurs, the data analyst for the Spurs. And he teaches a course on sports analytics, which can be applied to a cadre of different sort of analytics opportunities. But we try to take advantage of talent that is near or close to us in creative ways. So that's one way we sort of try new things and create opportunities for students. But we also take advantage of courses that might exist elsewhere, like a design thinking class over in the design school or a real estate class. We partner with the architecture school on some of those projects. So really looking at courses and faculty are continuously iterating their courses to make sure they're addressing critical thinking, digital mindset, continuous learning, how to make data-driven decisions. We really want students to have the breadth of experience to make the kinds of complex decisions that they're going to have to make in future leadership. Rodrigo, Tina, I really enjoyed talking with you. I could talk with you forever, but we have to wrap this at some point. And so I guess maybe as a parting last question to both of you, and Tina, I'll start with you first, is if there is one thing you would want to make sure that prospective applicants needed to know about McCombs, what is that one thing? I think that we recognize students are coming here to develop personally and professionally, to really transform something about themselves, their career. And that transformational experience is enhanced by the community that's really interested in seeing you thrive while you're here. And I think our community is full of inspiration, ideators, support, allies. It's important to think about who you will learn with while you're here and how that community will support you. 
one of the things that I love seeing about our students is the level of allyship that exists on campus. And we'll have students involved in organizations that they maybe don't identify in. So domestic students who participate in our international MBA organization, men who participate in our graduate women in business organization, straight students who are allied into our LGBTQ organization. And so really creating an environment where everybody is invested in each other and watching each other grow and develop. I always say to our students that when people ask me if I'm optimistic about the future, I say you should meet our students. So absolutely. I love that. Rodrigo, how about you? If there was one thing that you thought that prospective applicants needed to know about McCombs, what would that one thing be? Yeah, so I, I want to go back to the application process and, and MBA admissions overall. So kind of on top of the podcast, I described several updates to our application process. And if there is one thing that I want prospective students and applicants to know is that we're here to support you through the application process. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can attend a virtual event. We're going to be, again, on the road. We're going to be meeting you. But do not hesitate to reach out to any of us because we want to make sure that you put your best foot forward in the application process. And like I said before, we're so excited and eager to share our Y Macombs and hopefully take a little bit of the pressure off of the MBA application process. Yes, it is intense. It is highly selective, but we want you to know that we're here to support you. So reach out to us via email, LinkedIn, virtual, in-person events. We are looking forward to meeting you this upcoming year. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.